0: Hello and welcome to Scran, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Derskin, and in this special episode we talk to Scotland's national chef, Gary McLean, who I think we can now call a Scran regular, and Teddy Lee of Mackey and Ramen about the upcoming seafood festival that takes place at the St James Quarter and will celebrate sustainable Scottish seafood. We discuss the importance of sharing knowledge around Scottish seafood and encouraging everybody to explore the amazing array of produce we have available to us. Gary tells me about why this is important and gives me some advice around how not to go about smoking fish at home.
1: I remember going round the supermarket in Alaska to pick up all my ingredients and they had two aisles of smoking chips and smokers in Alaska. So basically I was going into, I was trying to teach people who smoke every single day how to smoke. So I had to sort of think on my feet and how am I going to make this different?
0: Teddy tells us about how the scene for Japanese food has exploded in recent years, compared to 15 years ago when he first came to Edinburgh, when there was only one restaurant with Japanese dishes on the menu. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, just, I just don't like to cook at home. First of all, my wife will not let me because I make a lot of mess. I like to make things from scratch when, you know, cutting raw food in, in her kitchen is like a no-no.
0: I also chat to Jennifer Lassine, Hospitality, Food and Beverage Director at St James' Quarter, who gives me an update on how the business is expanding and going from strength to strength. We also learn more about what you can expect from this year's seafood festival.
3: So if you haven't tried an oyster, been a bit too scared to, then you'll have that opportunity to come and do that there.
0: I'm joined by Chef Gary McLean and Chef Teddy Lee who both have restaurants at the St. James Quarter so hi guys how are you?
1: Hi good good hi good to see you
0: nice to see you yep so for regular listeners to Scran they'll have heard from Gary before so I'm going to start with Teddy you're a first time guest so could you just tell us a little bit about your business how it came to be and the sort of idea behind it
2: Hi everyone uh, so my name is Teddy Teddy Lee uh, I'm the founder and the head chef of uh, Mac and Ramen Mac Ramen is a uh, a Japanese restaurant who specializes in sushi and ramen.
0: And how long have you had restaurants in Scotland for?
2: So we started uh, in 2015, um, back and forward eight years from now. We had about uh, five to six six restaurants in Edinburgh, uh, two in Glasgow, and now there's upcoming in Manchester as well.
0: So the idea behind it is to bring kind of an authentic taste of Japan to Scotland, is that right?
2: Yes, correct. The aim is to have extra element for Scotland, for Scottish people to have. Um, so I know beforehand when I came in, it was only Indian curry and Chinese takeaway. So I want to give like the extra element, which is the Japanese restaurant.
0: So obviously you work well you both work with Scottish seafood. Gary, it's over to you. For anyone that doesn't know, could you tell us a bit about um, your restaurant and sort of how important it is for you to work with Scottish seafood?
1: Yeah, yeah, my I have a restaurant called Creel Cot that's in the Bonnie Marketplace up on the fourth floor at the St James Quarter. And again, been there since we opened. Um and the whole concept is based on Scottish seafood. I came up with the idea. At the same time as the we were watching the um, the the truckloads of amazing Scottish fish and shellfish getting stuck at the the borders in Dover, and that was the sort of inspiration behind it. So it was to kind of showcase that. Um, you know, there's nine things on the menu. All of it is fish. Every single bit of it. But um, but it's it's a great kind of concept to market, and obviously the St James Quarter itself has been an amazing success. So it's been a, a, a fantastic experience and we're almost, we're almost both hitting our, our second anniversaries there.
0: And Teddy, you work with uh, Scottish Seafood as well?
2: Yes, uh, we source a lot of uh, local uh, seafood as well uh, for our sushi.
0: So basically, um, we're here today to obviously talk about your guys' um, work, but there is a seafood festival coming up at the St James Quarter. So Gary, do you want to sort of tell us your involvement in it?
1: Yeah, again, really happy to be involved. um, This is our second seafood festival we'd won last year as well, to great success. Yeah, and I think the idea is is just to really showcase how um, accessible and how healthy and how easy it is to cook with Scottish seafood. And it's I that you know, my my kind of idea is to tell the story. You know, I'm lucky enough I can get out and about and I get to meet the fisher folk that catch it. And and I've I've seen where, you know, the, the the whole supply chain and part of my other kind of remit is to to help promote Scottish produce, food and drink abroad as well. So um it's great to be doing it on our doorstep in Edinburgh. And I remember last year the 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 crowds we got were immense, you know, and, and it was a real mix. You know, we had passers-by that we were kind of dragging in, but we also had um, a lot of visitors to the city that came in and were experiencing Scottish seafood probably for the first time. But again, I think it's a great opportunity to to tell the story of the people. Um, You know, we're buying our our, our, our fish locally. Um, We buy our lobsters from uh, Kate Lobster Co., who catches them pretty much, Um, you know, hundreds of yards away and then bringing them in every morning and things like that. So there's, there's, uh, we've got a lot to be proud of when it comes to fish and shellfish in Scotland.
0: Um, and Teddy, what is your involvement in the festival?
1: So I'm um, in the seafood festival.
2: Um, I do uh, sushi classes. Uh, the aim is to te- uh, use uh, Scottish uh, fish and to make sushi. So teach them how to make sushi. I hope one day you will have uh, you know when you have mom and a daughter making cupcake day, so there will be a one day there will be a sushi day. So then they know how to make sushi. They make the sushi at home. And,
0: yeah, because it seems like it would be quite complicated, but is it quite easy to do?
2: Yes, it is a lot of preparation, but it's like eighty percent preparation, and then the twenty percent is only rolling the sushi. So it's more like the preparation will be more important. Um, it's not that um, difficult, but Every time when you make, you cannot just make one wall. You will, you will need to make it like a bunch of. Uh, sushi, so you make sure that your family uh, they coming uh, they come by
0: yeah. <laughs> to eat. Yeah, and I suppose some people might be slightly daunted by the raw fish, but um, that will be what they learn from you on the day that it's nothing to be scared of.
2: Yes, um, so there's a misconception of like um, Japanese uh, sushi, everyone just thinking about, oh, that's raw fish and then that's it. Um, but there is actually a loss of uh, not raw or either it's been grilled or either been tampura. Um so it is not only raw fish is about so I would recommend to start with something that is cooked by sushi and then later on we can move on to like a
1: bit more advanced basically for the sashimi part.
0: Yep. Um and Gary what is it that you're going to be doing during the festival?
1: I th- I think for me the main thing is just to get across as many species as possible. Um I've recently been working with things like skate wing which is, which is fantastic. It's something I haven't used for ages. Getting back to our basics, things like heron and our hand-dive scallops and things like that are, you know, and it's the, the ultimate fast food. I also want to kind of do some stuff with our preserved fish. One of my favourite things is probably one of the cheapest things you can buy, smoked mackerel absolutely jam-packed with flavour and and healthy um, and obviously Scotland is really famous for its hot and cold smoked salmon so getting that in somewhere as well and again perfect for sushi yes you mentioned about macro that's something that I really really want to
2: um, release that but it's coming on the spring isn't it so, yeah, yes. so once it's have, uh, there it's there and it's very very good for sushi definitely
0: and, and quite cheap as well so that's quite good for people
1: it's, it's when you can get it it's when there's none about it at the moment but um, as soon as it comes in it's something I, I like to use a lot
0: Thanks. and um, one of the one of the key messages as well during the festival will be like sustainability in seafood um, and that's something that you're quite passionate about as well Gary isn't it?
1: yeah most definitely and again the, the whole sustainability thing for a, a restaurant tour is about that communication it's about making sure that you you speak to your suppliers and and totally understand the food chain. You know, and and getting out and, and seeing the food chain, but there's loads of different websites as well that you can follow just to make sure that you're you're being as sustainable as possible. Just by its very nature and the way that we fish in Scotland, you know, if you're buying Scottish, you're pretty sure to be buying something that is sustainable and on the on the list of food that we should be we should and could be using.
0: You said you're wanting to highlight different species. Does that mean you're doing like a cookery masterclass, or um, is it just on the menu? Yeah, I'll be
1: doing culinary demonstrations and then offering tastings at the end. Nice. And I think the whole thing when I do a demonstration, it's it's interactive because obviously my day job is education, so I like to get across um, I like to get across some 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 relevant information, and I just want people to sort of pick up hints and tips that they are comfortable enough they can take away. You know, and I think there's a lot of the sort of the sort of barriers when people are mm. looking to buy fish. The general public are buying fish. They just don't know how to cook it. You know, so I'll be doing, you know, much as I'm going to be doing kind of restaurant-style food, I'm going to be doing... uh, techniques that can be taken home so things simple things like pan frying fish what happens to fish when you when you put it against heat and and things like that maybe even look at the whole smoking process which is fun a lot of people are getting into that at home so but I think the main thing is for me it's all about that interaction with the public and making sure that the whole demonstration is open and and that people can ask questions and, and and get involved and that's the key for me, getting that audience involved is the is the mission.
0: And Ted, is it the same for you? Are you looking for a lot of uh, audience involvement and questions and all the rest of it?
2: Yes. So, while mainly making sushi, but also knowing about where the fish come from, uh, which part of the fish we should be using, uh, there is part like say like the bone side, when and uh, what do we do? Uh, you can do it like a fish oil, for, uh, for example, or like a fish broth. Uh, for the tail side, which is more like the the more rough side, so you can use roll. And then I'm gonna teach them the belly side will be like more like for grill, and then sashimi side will be on the fillet. So they will know how to use the entire fish rather than like just one part, which is also well known as fillet.
0: And so you said when you first um, opened your restaurants, there was like you know Indian Chinese takeaway, and there wasn't you know the sort of understanding of sushi, have you found that people are a lot more kind of open to try in it and are very interested more so now than they were maybe a few years ago?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Like 15 years ago when I came, there was only one sushi restaurant and it's actually half because it's combined with Chinese food as well. But then now 15 years back and forward, we're looking at about 25, 30 as a Japanese restaurant. So the fact number of the number of restaurants we have is showing that actually people are now more recognizable as a Chinese, as a Japanese restaurant.
0: Certainly one of my favorites anyway. (laughs) So do you want to tell us a little bit about your sort of background and training?
2: I started my business um, and knowing a little bit of sushi up until I saw a Netflix uh, documentary video about, uh, it's called Jiro, The Dream of Sushi. So it's like, basically, then I understand that in Japan, there is, uh, they're doing sushi slightly different than here. So I took a flight, back to um, uh, going to Japan and I went to, it's called Sushi Academy. So it's like the whole building is just teaching you in different level of sushi. I took an intensive course there for two months and then I come back for like a better sushi, understanding of sushi, um, how to make sushi from scratch and um, when is the harvest of the rice will be better, what sort of vinegar we're looking at and the ratio between the sugar and salt and all this kind of like the the more like the science as a part of it, behind the sushi. And then I started to make sushi then, and then I feel like now I'm training sushi. So I have, because we're opening franchise uh, Z, so I had to train sushi within 14 days for taking someone who doesn't know any sushi at all to train them up to standard in, in 14 days. So by that time, I don't want to train them how to make the sushi. I do want to train them to become a sushi chef as well. So it's not like, just I know how to make sushi at home, but it's more like I'm a professional sushi chef that I know where the fish come from um, and when to source them and then all the rice and all the science behind it as well.
0: And has your background always been in hospitality? Like, has it always been something that you wanted to do when you were younger?
2: Yes, uh, since basically a generation. Uh, cause, so my dad, my mom uh, in a restaurant and I am well, basically the, the second generation of the restaurant type. I've been chef cooking in many different cuisines as well. Uh, French, Italian, some tapas as well, Uh, some pop food, coffee shop, sandwiches, and then Chinese, Malaysian, and then Japanese.
0: Wow. You must have great dinner parties.
2: (laughs) I I don't actually cook at home or anything like that. So it's (laughs) like in Christmas time or any party I don't cook. I just order from delivery or something (laughs) just relax (laughs) yeah yeah. i just i just don't like to cook at home first of all my wife will not let me because i make a lot of mess i like to make things from scratch when you know cutting raw food in in her kitchen is like a no-no so so she will stop me doing this anyway so yeah i'll let her
1: do her job
0: yep whereas gary you sound like you cook quite at home quite a bit
1: i do all the cooking at home but i I do agree with Teddy. When when we have friends over, and I'm, 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 I'm I get I get I get food in. Yeah. I've and I've sometimes depending on how many people's coming, I sometimes get a chef to come in.
0: Wow.
1: Oh but, yeah. Because you know I've done it, and, and Teddy, you would have been the same. When you're when you're a young chef and you start learning skills, you do start trying to show off in front of friends and family, and you'd invite people over and you'd spend days in the kitchen and you make all this amazing food. And uh, but the time you stop and and you've fed everyone, they've all gone, and you're left with the this big party that you've put so much effort into, and you don't actually experience the party. So I think it's vital that if you're having friends over or family over, that you're there as part of that experience. So listen, just order it in. You know, yeah, I agree. get, <laughs> get it ordered. Then it's all about it's all about the people. I think it's a hundred percent about the people. So make sure you're with them.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Although to be fair, if I was going down to a chef's house for dinner, I'd probably be a bit like, How come you're not cooking?
1: <laughs> I sometimes do things like cook your own. So I do so if I've got if I've got friends round, I'll do like a cook your own pizza night. Right. So I'll make all the doughs and I'll line up all the ingredients and I'll stick on I'll stick on the ovens and uh, I'll let people build their own pizza and then I'll cook their pizza for them because um, there's a wee bit, of, that's the skillful bit, it's getting the dough right and stuff. Yeah. So they get to build their own pizza, which is, it's a wee bit of fun. It's a kind of halfway house that means I don't do everything. That's good. Mm-hmm. So they get to build and they get, and it's quite a nice thing to do if people have choice when they come to your house. You know, rather than having a big plate of food, a mound of food in front of them, I always make sure there's food that people can help themselves to. It's just such a, a nicer experience. And it means only do only lift the food that they'll actually eat, which, okay. which is also good, saves on food waste and things like that.
0: Um, So, Gary, you mentioned that um, people are kind of getting into smoking. So could you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, what's happening is we've got uh, things like Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that, uh, Amazon uh, TV. And uh, we've got all these amazing kind of American shows on food. and And the Americans are experts at, at smoking and slow cooking and things like that. So there's, there's a consumer demand where people are going, right, how do we do it? How do we how do we get there? I, um, I did a demonstration in Alaska last year at Highland Games in Alaska, and I, I, I demonstrated Brandon Rost, you know, smoked salmon, hot smoked salmon, which Scotland is famous for. Um, but I, I do it very, very simply. I do it on a tray with some whiskey barrel chips, I smoke them. I cover it, and uh, I, I let the the heat from the the fire and the smoke cook and flavour the fish, which works perfect. And I remember going round the supermarket in Alaska to pick up all my ingredients, and they had two two aisles of smoking chips and smokers in Alaska. So basically, I was going into, I was trying to teach people who smoke every single day how to smoke. So I had to sort of think on my feet and how am I going to make this difference? So they love all things whiskey. So I smoked it with uh, some whiskey in the chips. So you have to smoke and you have to soak the chips normally in water before you uh, you smoke. And uh, I smoked, I soaked them in whiskey just to, uh, just to add that point of difference. And they absolutely loved it because it never crossed their mind to be adding, you know, a bit of, a bit of alcohol to the chip, um, which was good. But again, I think it's, it's, it's shown people how easy it can be just with what you've got lying, lying around the house. All you need is some wood chips and you can buy them online for a couple of pounds. And uh, you need a tray and a little rack, you know, something the little rack out your oven would work. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've got the most perfect smoked fish. So you cure it. So you do a kind of 50% um, sugar and salt dry mixture. And you cure the salmon. I normally do it for about twenty-four hours. And what that does is it kind of draws out the moisture of the fish and also makes it firmer and it adds a little bit of flavour as well. I quite like that little bit of sweet and saltiness that you get from the fish. And then you you wash it off, pat it dry, and then you you kind of slow smoke it. And it's amazing the flavour that you get from it. But again, the important thing is a smoking smoking about half half your chips and then mix them with the dry. But it is something that's it's really easy and more and more restaurants are doing it as well. You know, they're buying these um, American smokers and, and slow cooking all sorts of stuff, brisket and beef and pork shoulders and, you know, obviously uh, fish. It's a, it's a great thing to get into. I'm, I'm a bit of a hacker at it. I'm a, it's, a, it's a hobby for me. I do it occasionally in the restaurant, but after seeing the Alaskans uh, doing it, I'm, a, I'm definitely an amateur compared to them.
0: And it's probably a daft question, but you need to do this outside, right? You're going to need to have a garden.
1: Uh, (laughs) i I do mine i do mine in the driveway um right you you can do it at home i mean to be honest you probably you probably need to do it at home because you need a little flame so you need a a little heat underneath um i've got one of those little portable you know the portable gas stoves the little camp ones that you get for a tenner at um, argos i've got one of them and i set it up in the driveway. Yes. with my tray and uh, it means a house doesn't stink that's the key but some people like it my wife doesn't so I'm in the I'm in the driveway
0: yeah I could you see me attempting this in my flat and all the smoke alarms going off so no, <laughs> this
1: is this is the other problem yeah yeah so you can borrow my driveway if you ever want to try it well, thanks Use very much uh,
0: I could go up on the roof but I, I'm sure I would start people's washing might get in the way so yeah I might need to come come round to yours
1: yeah Probably <laughs> have the fire brigade coming to coming to speak. There's actually not a lot of smoke, if truth be told, because you're you're trying to contain the smoke. But there is a lot of smell, and I, I like the smell, but it does get into everything. Mm. But if you can if you can get a little burner, or even if you've got a blowtorch, yeah. what you can do is you can do the smoking. You can get the the smoke going with the blowtorch. Get the flavor in there. And then once it's sort of calmed down, you can take your tray and pop it in the oven for, for 15 minutes. And it just ensures that you're 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 getting that fish to the, the right degree.
0: Nice. Well, we need to try it.
1: But it is it's it's fun. Get get online, order some chips and uh you know give it a go. You can even buy a smoker. You can buy um there's a there's a thing called a Cameron Smoker, and again it's a domestic smoker and it, it it's a tray with a rack inside and then it's got a tight fitting sliding lid mm-hmm. and you'll see them on MasterChef and, and Great British Menu and stuff like that but again getting one of them I, and it's probably about 30 or £40 pounds, but I would give it a go in a little tray and then if you like it you can you can upgrade your little tray to, to a purpose built smoker and again it will help contain some of the smells and some of the smoke I would think
0: yeah nice I need to try that so Teddy for anyone wanting to get involved with your sushi making masterclass what are the details
2: so I'm teaching uh, sushi on the first of April. Um, that will be on Saturday.
0: Um, and then Gary, can you just sort of let us know? Do you have any plans for the rest of the year? This is obviously a, a big event, but um, what else have you got lined up?
1: Next week, I'm off to India. Um, I'm away to I'm away to Delhi to to do some teaching. Um, I work with a, a culinary school. We have a kind of partnership with a culinary school out there. So I'm doing some some teaching and a couple of dinners. Um, I've also got a couple of books out this year. So I've got a book out in the US in June, uh, which I'm looking forward to. And then I've got a new follow up to my last book, Scottish Kitchens. I've got a new book coming out in October called Scottish Kitchen Celebrations. And you've heard it here first. No one's ever been told. So <laughs> there's a lot on that front. So I've just finished the first week of photography this week with the amazing Susie Lowe. So we're about halfway through the photography. And the book is looking fantastic, so we're we're looking to do um, we're looking to showcase food through our our traditional celebrations in Scotland. So it's starting on New Year's Day when you need your kind of survival food in the morning, right through to Hogmanay, including things like Scottish weddings and festivals and. You know, things like um, the Seafood Festival and things like that. That is all, all encompassed in that. Um, and the usual stuff like Burns and St Andrews and things. So really looking forward to getting that one over the line.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and Teddy, what about you? What What are your plans for the rest of the year?
1: So for
2: maki ramen, um, there are quite a lot of things going on. Um, so... Uh, next month will be uh, another very big restaurant in uh, Glasgow, about 100 cover. and then uh, the franchisee, uh, that's my, my kind of like the, the new chapter or the new challenge. How do I write the entire um, training manual um, to be more consistent for all the maki ramen? So let's say like a slice of a fish need to be 16 grams slice of a sashimi to be 20 grams. Um, also teaching them how to, from scratch, from someone who never worked in a restaurant before or even in the kitchen, how to teach them to become a sushi chef. Uh, so that's my new challenge, a new chapter. And um, this is, makes me very excited. In terms of restaurant as well, we're going to open one in Manchester, um, I think back June, hopefully July, June, something like that. And then hopefully the one in Leeds as well in September. So there are quite a lot of things for us to do, yeah.
0: Nice. And uh, where about you your sister, one in Glasgow? Uh,
2: the one in Glasgow is in Renfield, um, Renfield Street. So it's next to the shopping mall, um, next to the city centre. Right? Is that
0: the new one or is that one that's already there?
2: This one is. So we have one in Bath Street, which is a really, really busy site. Um, and then we decide to open another one just right in front of it. Like, um, so it's like one minute walk from there, uh, but that will be a lot much more cover and there will be like a decorated, like in a St. James quarter. Um, the decoration with the Sakura, with the projector, um, the sushi bar right in the middle. So once you enter, you will see the sushi chef already. So that's the super style of the of the restaurant, yes.
0: Nice. Thank you very much, guys. It sounds like it's going to be a great event and um, a lot to look forward to for people. So thank you.
2: Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. I'm now joined by Jenny Lucene, who is the Hospitality Food and Beverage Director at the St. James Quarter. Hi, Jenny. How are you?
3: Hello. I'm good. Thanks. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. We're here to talk about the upcoming Seafood Festival. But before we start, could you just sort of tell us a little bit about the St James Quarter, how it's going? I know it's been a great addition to Edinburgh's shopping and food and drink scene. So, just for anyone who uh, unlikely hasn't visited, um, just sort of can you give us a little brief overview of, of how it is now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we opened back in uh, t- June 2021, so um, we are well into our second year now. Uh, lots of different things have happened over that course of time new things uh, being brought in, different brands. So we are lucky enough to have Scotland's very first Pull and Bears, um, Bershka, and other stories. Edinburgh's first Lego, um, we've got some great additions to the food and beverage scene, we've just had recently opened Duck and Waffle, um, so they've brought that up from London, um, It's if you haven't been it's absolutely fabulous inside, it's a, an amazing experience, um, we've got the wonderful Kapow which have been brought over from Glasgow, um, we've got lots of leisure pursuits and just about to open just after seafood festival actually and we have rooms apart hotel so for the first time you'll actually have the ability to sleep over with us which is really exciting
0: yeah it definitely feels like sort of the future of hospitality and, and shopping like I know that you know in Glasgow the Buchanan galleries are sort of looking to do something demolish and do something similar so it's a, it's a really nice space and a lot of really good shops and food and drink but that leads me on to the Seafood Festival so how did all that come about because this is the second or third year is it? Is it?
3: Yeah, this is our second year. So we did it um, at the end of 2021, not long after opening. So we've developed it uh, considerably since then. So it's really exciting what we're managing to bring to uh, the quarter and the city. Um, We're really excited to showcase some of the brands that we have internally and some of the special dishes that they have cooking up for us. Um, but we've also got lots of exciting external brands coming in uh, all over the city and across Scotland to come and showcase some of their amazing, amazing produce um, and dishes for uh, all everyone to come and discover. Nice.
0: So it's all about seafood. What are the dates and how can people get involved with it?
3: So, I mean, there's various different things that people can do, but most importantly, the dates, got to come on the right dates. <laughs> um, so we're running that from Friday the 31st of March until Sunday the 2nd of April. So a nice kick kickstart to the Easter school holidays uh, here in Edinburgh. You can turn up on the day, um, you can book tickets in advance, um, you can just come and taste and see and smell. There's lots of different things you check out our website, then you will have a full programme of all the activities happening, where they're happening, when they're happening. So you can choose to when to come, come for the full day, whatever you wish We're open. Nice.
0: So you have a street food market, um, which obviously people can shop to. But we've spoken to Gary and Teddy and, you know, they're doing some kind of cookery masterclasses and sushi making. So how do people sign up to that? Is it paid for? How, how, how do you kind of go about getting involved?
3: So, first of all, the market. We're really excited about the market. Um, This is sort of one of uh, the biggest extensions that we're doing on the seafood festival that we did um, previously. So as part of this, there is uh, lots of different things happening. You can come and just have a wee glass of fizz or a little sangria. You can come and you can taste some of the amazing fishy street food that we've got. You can sample things from fish and chips to poke, to paella, uh, fish tacos – you can then be inspired by our seafood stage and come back to the market and buy the fresh fish and take that home and cook it for your, your supper that evening. Mm-hmm. We've also got the wonderful Harris Gin coming down, so you have a bit of a rare opportunity to meet the team there, to sample the product and to buy it. Mm-hmm. So that's another great addition that we have at the market. Uh, at the seafood stage, uh, we have... a oh, I do, probably don't have long enough to tell you. There's so much activity going on. Uh, we've got uh, Gary McLean coming. He is going to be doing some food demonstrations, a bit of Q&A. There's going to be sushi-making masterclasses with Teddy, who you've uh, just spoken with. And um, his. Uh, he came and did it last year as well, and it's absolutely fabulous. We learned so much from him, uh, how to prep, Uh, the whole salmon for putting that into uh, the sushi. And uh, it's a a wonderful thing. If you haven't made it and seen it, then definitely come along to that one. I mean, we've got lots of different guest speakers, activities all happening on that stage. So uh, definitely check out the programme on the website, see what tickles your fancy and and come along.
0: Um, And also when people are there, can they obviously pop into the different food and beverage um, places in the um, quarter as well?
3: Absolutely. So, you know, this... This whole festival is being completely embraced by the whole quarter. So, I mean, you you won't be able to go everywhere without having seafood around, uh, (laughs) which I personally love. Um, So, yeah, we've got the wonderful Kapow, who I mentioned earlier. Their head chef, Sandy, and their team have just been out to to Bangkok and Shanghai, uh, tasting all the cuisine over there, bringing that back. So they're really keen on showcasing what they've learned over there. And they've dedicated a whole fish seafood menu for over the festival. So definitely come and check that one out. That would be really great. We have The Real Greek up on level four as well. They are doing their Greek take on fish and chips. So it's like their salt cods. Chips, taro smolata um, are one of their really popular dishes that you can normally only get on a Friday. So they're going to be doing that that full weekend. So if you haven't tried it, it'll be a great opportunity to do that. And then we have uh, the, the Wacky and Wonderful Bross Bagels. Um, they are coming to do their very own seafood bagel. So that will be available for the whole weekend. Um, I believe it's a, a fish and chip bagel. So <laughs> should be uh, quite a... A delight uh, to try and yeah i mean you go into any of the brands bonnie and wild maki ramen there's lots of opportunities to sample wonderful seafood with our brand partners here well so it
0: sounds great and uh, let's just hope we've got the, the weather to go with a lovely kind of seafood and spring summer feel <laughs> <laughs> so is there any like live music or is it mainly like the master classes?
3: No, there's absolutely, you can't have a seafood market and all this going on without some wonderful um, local talent and like music and entertainment. So I mentioned some of the brands there that are getting involved. Um, A lot of them are based up on level four, which is sort of our dining and leisure um, destination here. Uh, so we've got some lots of great entertainment happening up there so you'll be able to sit outside if it's warm enough as she said um, and uh, and maybe enjoy some of those uh, fish dish specials Uh, sit back relax and be entertained Um, but that will also be throughout the gallery as well so really be a feast for all your senses
0: so nice. well, it sounds brilliant, definitely like you say, a good great start to Easter holidays. So is there anything else that people should look out for over the weekend?
3: Yeah, absolutely. As part of the stage events and roaming around the quarter, we have the delightful Oysterman and Miss caviar. So if you haven't tried an oyster, been a bit too scared to, then you'll have that opportunity to come and do that there. Uh, So that's a wonderful little experience uh, for you to try. And we also have Melee. So we're partnering with Melee over the Full Festival as well. They've got lots of great things happening in store and some supper clubs to look forward to. So definitely check out the website. We're updating it constantly with all of the exciting events that are happening.
0: Well, thank you very much. It sounds great and I look forward to popping down.
3: Fabulous. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks to my guests for being involved in this episode and thanks to you two for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. Scran is a laudable podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Ros and Derskin, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton.